Greetings. The episode of 33 North 96 West that you are about to hear or see is actually the second in a two-part episode. So, of course, you're welcome to just tune in to this episode as a standalone. Or, if you would like, we recommend clicking back to the previous episode and listening to that one first so that you get the benefit of the full conversation. Okay, here we go. If your personal will is true, can it act out of alignment with divine will? No. How do you know? <laughs> the million-dollar question. <laughs> Maybe even a billion. Or billion a and beyond and beyond and beyond. Okay, I'm just going to speak some truth real quick to answer that question, and it'll be right back to you. But I mm. just drop into your heart and ask. If you don't already have in your field the knowing, it's all there. It is within you. It's the connecting with it, listening to it, Honoring it, believing it, trusting it. Faith. <laughs> so you said drop into your heart center and ask. And I'm going to add a couple of other words that represent mm -hmm. ideas in addition to ask. Just to broaden that. Ask is, is a great idea, I feel. Invite. Mm -hmm. Ask, invite, invoke. In addition to the idea of dropping into your heart center, actually, I'm, a, I'm, going, to, I'm going to express a couple of other ideas that are actually the same idea. But go with me here. Where is the love in the choice I'm making? That's another way of dropping into your heart center. Where is the love in the choice I am making? Another question. Am I in fear? I'm going to make a statement. Fear is a lie. <laughs> it is circling this plane as an energy field. It is available for our attunement. So, the two questions, where is the love in the choice I'm making and am I in fear, are the same question. I mean, it's like mm -hmm. you're going to get to the same answer. Basically, what I'm getting at is cultivate ways of being aware of your alignment. What am I aligning to? Am I aligning to an idea that strengthens the force of love 
Am I aligning to an idea or a way of being that strengthens fear as an energy field? Am I aligning to my small self's intentions? Or the realization of my small self's intentions? Or am I aligning to the realization of my higher self's intentions? Where is my alignment? Am I aligning to separation? Am I aligning to unity? Where is my alignment? Where is the source of my validation? Is it Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube? Is Jared's small self occasionally guilty of claiming those sources of validation? Perhaps. Does he like it when he sees more views on one of his videos? This morning in my process of getting ready and preparing for today uh, to leave the house and come to the studio and all of that, I was distracted by a post on Facebook, which was really interesting because I had no intention of getting on Facebook. Uh, I say that to support that I literally 100% go off my intuition and I was being guided to open Facebook for whatever reason. This happens to me often because it's a way that signs, if you will, or messages come through me to tie to a bigger picture, if you will, of what I'm doing. And there was a post that activated within me something that I was to write, and it's a an invitation and a consideration through a message to put out to you and to any and all who is open to listening, you being our wonderful audience, but even beyond, if you ever feel called to share this. Where within yourself are you seeking validation and or asking permission to be genuinely authentically you to add to that question a statement to support what Jared was saying that I was receiving, if you will, and moving through me with my passionate, energetic movements when he was speaking is when he was talking about small self, which my interpretation is that's when I'm forsaking the light. My higher self is when I am in alignment with the light. And I'll definitely let Jared speak to that if that if that has any resonance. But I felt called to share that. So if I'm in my if I'm being within my small self and not my expanded higher self, somewhere I am forsaking the light that I am. So that is my question. Where is that within you that you are seeking validation or asking permission outside of yourself? 
Because if you frame it from the perspective of you are looking outside of yourself for ways to perhaps activate that light or remember that light, um, it's something to really take a deep look at. Because it's there. The light is there. It's always there. I'd like to introduce the concept of amplitude and suggest that if one is identified only with their small self, their egoic structure, their personality self, in denial of their divine self, this can be understood as a diminishment of amplitude. I'd like to suggest that the divine self assumes all the aspects of self. If you are identified with your divine self or with your soul self or with your source, can you deny the light in any other? No, excuse me. Do you have the capacity to deny the light within yourself? No. If you don't have the capacity to deny the light within yourself, that means you are in full realization of it. Yes. It supports what was moving through my mind. Just had to process And that. the divine self seeks no validation <laughs> or justification. Yes. Or, or judges it. Yes, because it's not seeking it. It cannot. It cannot. Cannot. Yes, that was... Definitely what was moving through me. So at the end of one previous episode, maybe number three or four, I asked the question, how much light can you hold? This is not some pie-in-the-sky abstract question. This is a real question. We are here to see how much light we can hold. And there have been examples of human spiritual beings incarnated in the past who showed us the ascension of consciousness in form so that we could understand what's possible. The Jesus and the Buddha and Hermes Trismegistus and all of those characters in the stories from the past, they were examples of the ascension of consciousness as way showers. How much light can we hold? I see you're activated, Terry. <laughs> we can hold as much light as all of those you've mentioned and so much beyond that. It is infinite. It is unfathomable. 
is indescribable. But I'll be very transparent and share what was moving through me. As you said that before you even mentioned names, there have been those. I am that. And I know that I am that. And that's what moves me to tears. It is so humbling and not in the way that we identify humbling as I am less than. Wow, I could actually feel like Jesus. I'm not feeling like Jesus. I am that. And I know it and I can't not know it. There is absolutely nothing within me that cannot know it because it is now known. And if you're listening or watching this and thinking anything less than you are that, let me just share a very human experience without going into any great story because it has been shared in various aspects in previous episodes. Actually, the one that was just released. Um, I have had this message moving through me for a lot of years, actually since birth. (laughs) It just took it a while to be realized within me. Not It didn't take a while. It took an evolution. It took a 3D, 4D, 5D, etc. process. I want to say that when I made the decision to continue to be in a human incarnation, in this, this human incarnation, this lifetime, in this vessel, as Terry Malick, which I do remember making that decision distinctly. I knew conceptually and energetically there was no way I could not realize the potential in that. Any attempt to do so (laughs) would completely rattle me. To the point of being back in alignment with that. And it happens quickly, pretty quickly. My point is a big part of this today and this message moving through me is the human wants to have an understanding of the who, the where, the when, the why, the how. How do I deliver this message? Who do I deliver this message to? Where and what format platform do I deliver this message? I stated earlier to Jared that I do it through my beingness, my essence, and that is it. When my mind or, or conscious, consciousness wants to put it under any other <laughs> um, identifier, it's going to rattle me. 
until it, it comes out in the form of energy it is in that moment. And sometimes that is would be witnessed as the absolute weirdest, geekiest um, expression of fun and humor and laughter. Sometimes it may come through as just absolute weeping and all in between. And here's the thing. They're no different. It's in thinking it's so that makes it so. My tears are not sadness. And my joy is not happiness. It all is. And every one of us, every one of you, has this capacity to to step into a place where the concept and idea of judging yourself does not even exist. And that's not from a place of self-righteousness to say, I have arrived and am better than you, or am better than the person I used to be. Even that phrase has no resonance with me. I've always been and always will be who and what I am, which is source. I have the ability to know it and to realize it into manifestation. And it doesn't have a rule book that tells me what honors that and what doesn't honor that. It is a It's a presence of alignment to the frequencies that holds that. And that cannot have judgment. So if I do something in this human experience that someone else would interpret as, let's just use the word sin or wrong, I don't have that interpretation because if I'm not forsaking my light, I'm not in that energy. I'm not in that experience. How, how do you say it, Jared? I'm not claiming it. But it does not mean that I am floating around 24-7 on cloud nine only saying words that people interpret as holy, (laughs) only saying words that people might interpret as pure. I don't have a concept of good and evil. But an awareness and an honoring of self as light as source. And that will move through me in whatever way that needs to in any given moment. It might look a little more assertive at times. It might look what you would interpret as vulnerable or passive at times. It will be what it is to be in that moment. 
I'd like to start by speaking to the paradox of humility. Sometimes we are taught behavior And I think sometimes we are taught to behave with humility falsely. Mm. And in my experience, the humility is real. It's true. It maybe feels more like awe and wonder. Mm-hmm. And the paradox of it is that I feel simultaneously enormous and strong and powerful, and at the same time, in awe and wonder of the magic of creation. It's like all of that is in there. I'm both small and huge, vast, limitless. Because the and these are just words, but it like this relates this this feeling of totality, the allness. It's all in there. I'm not pretending to be humble, but I'm also n- not pretending to diminish myself. It's all in there. That's the first thing I wanted to say. And some of that may be an epiphany for you to hear from me. Like some of that may be new for you. I don't know. The second thing I want to say is in response to the idea of sin, what if we could understand the idea of sin as the idea of a, a, re, a moment of recognition of separation or diminishment. So, for example, you and I had a phone conversation last Monday, I think, where I expressed to you, I'm agitated, I'm uneasy. I feel weird. I'm out of alignment. I knew that I was in a diminished state energetically. Mm -hmm. What if the original idea that was intended to be expressed around the word sin was like when you recognize that you're vibrating out of alignment with the whole truth of who you are. And over this time that's passed between then and now, it's become this different thing. It's accumulated claims of meaning from all those of us who have come before and contributed to it. And so now we just don't understand. What if? I just want to say that. What if? The next thing I want to say is for those of you, and you probably won't have made it this far into this broadcast, so I'm, I'm speaking energetically to those of you in the field who may be, because of your conditioning, 
believe that this transmission is a blasphemy. I'm going to argue or suggest that any teaching that diminishes you and your true nature and your true worth is blasphemy. We're moving into a new space. This is realization. You are never separate from your source, and any teaching who would ever make that implication is blasphemy. And in my youth, not even youth as far as a, a, an identifier of age <laughs> as a human, but in, in my evolution of understanding that I am source, and, and all of that. My response often would to people would be, your God and my God are two totally different gods. And it would always stump them, and they would look at me a little bit sideways and say, what do you mean there's only one God? My interpretation or my perspective of what that is is different than yours. And I feel that really supports what you're saying. It really, really, really comes down to your, I can use multiple words, perspective, perception, interpretation. Because... And I don't say it in a manner that is possessive, <laughs> but in conversation and for to, to support that point that I have commented to people in the past is my God does not judge. My God does not punish. My God does not even have that as a concept that is a human construct of separation from God, from source. So I really like how you said that. And in our previous conversation today, I was telling Jared how, so I am going to speak to this in case this is a personal experience or resonance you might have. Whether it be through religion religious teachings or a religion or spiritual teachings or spiritual practice or culture modality. Again, I would like to extend the invitation to you based off what Jared was saying. If it diminishes you, is that truth? Does that bring you to that place of absolute resonance, alignment, truth? Do you feel freedom to be all of who and what you are? And if it doesn't, and that goes beyond religion and spirituality, if it is a political platform, an educational platform, anything where there is something that is being presented to you in the hopes or desires that you will adopt it as your truth, 
You really have to check in. And that sounded a little demanding. I invite you to check in, reword that, because it might just be the influence outside of you that is presented with such fervor and passion that it feels good. And then you go through these struggles of, then why do I feel less than? Why do I feel that they are above me? Or that they would desire that I feel diminished? Whatever way you want to frame that. And again, in support of what Jared was saying, this is cultural. This is conditioning and programming. That does not make it truth. So this is a whole new a whole new delivery to say that everything that you may have been presented with could be blasphemy. It could even be delivered to you in a manner that says what you're doing is blasphemy. And that is a really big topic of conversation that comes up between myself and my clients. It, it is a very strong presence in the collective that is in support of the separation consciousness of good and bad, right and wrong. And someone having the capacity and ability to determine what criteria fit into which of those categories. Whereas I, I feel and know that what we present here, again, is if you feel diminished, the invitation truly is to strongly look at that. Really sit with that and visit that where is the less than, the lack consciousness coming from? It's not coming from something you did wrong or an action you took that is less than favorable. It's not something that you need to spend months and years healing from because you made a bad or wrong decision. It's a belief, a thought that you keep having and ask why and ask how that can be shifted, transmuted back into you being in a space of being in alignment with the source aspect that you are, the light. Thank you. And to circle back around, realizing your inherent divinity and remembering your connection to your source, like leads you to a space 
where you understand that you can reformat your behavioral patterns and your belief structures and all of that accumulated stuff. Like the the recognition of your true nature is a maybe the first step like yeah. and so many in our culture are alienated from this language because of the way our civilization our culture has evolved there's a sort of denial of the idea of a spiritual nature and a lot of times it's because we have pictures of what it should look like to be a spiritual person you know you're pious mm-hmm. and you wear a robe and you go to mass every day and you do the you know there are ideas we have but again those are ideas i will make this statement a statement of truth again you can't not be divine Mm-hmm. the source that manifested you cannot be separate from you there is nothing you can do nothing it doesn't have to look like anyone else says it has to look there's no should very dangerous word release all of that this is just simply the realization that you are a divine being in manifestation and really that some of those structures and systems that you were referring to that provoke response also part of the divine nature yes. of this experience absolutely and if it's not that experience that provokes your awakening process it'll be the next experience or the next one or the next yeah. one because every soul is on this eternal trajectory I'm going to make a statement on that I always share with people your awakening is awakening to self and if you just hear that statement some might interpret that to say, oh, she's totally leaving God, source, out of this. You can't. If you're awakening to yourself and who you really are, you know that is source. So if you put it in a pretty basic format, when you're getting to know yourself and identify your characteristics and your traits and your personality and your blueprint, that's the individual I referred to earlier. That individual is not separate from source, from God. It's unique from the individual sitting right next to you, perhaps, but it is not separate. And so if you say, so to, to flip that, if someone says to me, no, awakening is to God, 
I say, yes, it absolutely is. <laughs> and so that I just wanted to support that state or to use that statement in support of that is they're not, again, regardless of the language used, if you're awakening to self, you're awakening to source. If you're awakening to source, you're awakening to self. It can't be separate. And so it is in thinking so where the judgment, if you will, will come in of self. Oh, well, that would not be of source. So I can't be that. You've spoken a little bit to honoring honoring your divine impulse. And you've spoken to, after you made the choice to continue here in this incarnation, okay. an increase in amplitude of those impulses. And when an impulse occurs to you, you have to honor it. It's like you're feeling this energy and it has to move through you. Yes. What, what are the things, what are the ideas that would block or inhibit? I'm saying this to say, if someone's hearing this, who is resonating with a lot of what we're saying, but they feel still like they're keeping some things inside or they're blocked or inhibited or there's, there's more expression to be realized. I just want to give a little bit of form to the stuff that may be inhibiting. Well, it would start with conditioning and programming. It would also be, well, who and what have I identified as? Is that in alignment with that? Who and what have I, I want, I really want that to be heard. Who and what have I identified with? And would that choice, would that action be in alignment with that? So if Terry has decided to go through all of her individual experiences in in secret in a very private personal way and that is because that really is my blueprint i'm not i'm one who really does one of the phrases out there does the work i go deep and i ask the questions do the deep soul work don't ignore it i don't dance around it but i also don't do that in the presence of others usually it's a very private sacred thing to me it's actually very sacred so maybe the question would be, well, am I honoring me if I put that out to someone else because it's private to me, it's sacred, you know, things like that, just to kind of give an example. There was a time, obviously, the questions were, well, how, how would people think about me or would I be viewed as a professional or would I be seen? And I, I really did a lot of work on that through the years. This most recent experience, so I did a lot of work on that, and I feel I really shifted out of those those questions, those thoughts. Would I still be credible in my profession? Would I still be accepted in my family? Would I would I still be loved, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And what I went through with this recent, I had done so much work on that that I had really moved to a point to say with conviction, I really don't care what anybody else thinks about me anymore. 
which is a powerful place if you're if you really are honoring yourself and being in alignment rather than it being more of a uh, a persona or a mask. So then that shifted or evolved, evolved, didn't shift, it evolved and expanded. That's the best word for me. It expanded even deeper into, well, because I have let that go and have this respect as a professional in this way or that way, or respect as a member of the family in this way or that way, I still had a set of criteria, if you will, or understandings of how I was expected to deliver that and behave. In other words, I did not go out and say, I don't give one, you know, blank about what you think about me. That's not, that's not me and that's not my energy. Um, but I might find a way to articulate that in a way that was still honoring the other person. Again, we going back to the beginning, um, consideration. What has moved through me now is that if I allow the consideration, this is such a beautiful question, and it feels that all wants to be spoken to on all the full gamut, if you will. If I allow myself to suppress myself because of that consideration, to tying it back to the beginning of the of the, the recording, the conversation. Might that keep me from or prohibit me in some form or fashion from allowing the energy of source to move through me as me? The answer is absolutely. It can absolutely. I may still be able to deliver it, but there's going to be some deliberate consideration. When, where, how, what, why? I'm not telling everybody to be completely unabashedly bold in every moment of life. That's not at all what I'm inviting or encouraging. But I am inviting and encouraging to really ask self those questions and check in. And the tears that moved through me today were because There's a reflection moment of, am I really delivering this information? Who, what, where, when, why, and how it, it desires to be. And I wasn't crying or in having tears or emotion because it, was uncomfortable, I realized it's because that is how passionate I am about it. It moves me to tears so much so that I have no other choice. I do have a choice. I always have a choice. I have no other resonance outside of delivering it in some way, whatever way that's moving through me in the moment. So I do always have a choice, which obviously we've been just discussing. I can make that choice of how to do it and when and where and but it must come through me. In order for me to honor my choice to be here, and in order for me to truly see that, witness that, feel that, experience that, and know that that is realized, 
honoring each now moment and how, when and where, et cetera, that's going to move through me. Beautiful. Uh, and there was a theme to that, which I'm glad you brought, brought it back to the idea of consideration, but uh, a predominant theme in your expression, and I will concur with this in my own experience, is a questioning of what people will think or how they will receive, or if there's something you can do to help it be received in a little better way or a little softer way, or you, you just can't take responsibility for everyone and how they receive it and what their projections are. There's another layer to this, which is the timing for acclimation. So I will say from my personal experience, once I had the profound sort of shock, the initial shock of an awakening experience or a mystical experience, and again, those were words that mean things, there was an instantaneous shift in my energy. And there was an awareness of that. But then there was a period of time for the physical vessel to acclimate to the change. And in my case, around seven years from then till now. And I'm not, I'm not really making any claims about where it is that I am. And I'm also, I am going to claim that this is an ongoing expansion and ascension or escalation that I don't perceive there to be a completion. But when you experience radical shifts, there's an, a period of acclimation. Give yourself patience, trust the process, trust that you will rise into full embodiment of the frequencies that you are initially receiving. That's beautiful. This has been a powerful transmission, Terry. How do we bring ourselves into focused resolution? Um, I'm going to repeat what I said earlier, and then I feel that we will let you close out in whatever way. I just want to extend again to ask yourself where within yourself are you seeking validation or asking and or asking permission to really truly be who you are and honor that as you realize the whole of who you are. A part of what happens is that you realize the whole of who others are as well. The requirement of the divine is to meet the divine in the others. And so I just want to leave us in that field. 
you don't really have to speak out loud about your epiphanies or realizations as we are doing on this podcast. Your energetic field is doing a lot of work. So when you move through your life and you're meeting the ones around you, learning about them on the news or looking at your Facebook feed, think about what you're, look, what you're experiencing. Like, there is the divine in the one I see before me. There's God, there's God, there's God, there's God, there's God, there's God, there's God. God in manifestation articulated all around you in everything you see. It can't not be. God is. Are we just going to leave ourselves in this place? Yes, I think we are. I concur. Very good. <laughs>